Hi, I'm Jules Hamilton, and this is the Good Summer Podcast, Keeping It Good. It's a chance for all of us to hear stories of people making a positive change in the world. The Good Summit is a space of gathering to celebrate common good in the world and to cultivate more of it. Join the Tribe of Good by signing up to our mailing list at thegoodsummit.com and learn where our latest gatherings are taking place, who is going to be there, and how you can get involved. Help us help you make the world a better place. Today, we're talking with Louisa May Hanrahan. Louisa May founded the social enterprise movements Let's Help Direct Provision and Direct Provision Drops Ireland just one year ago as a practical and direct response to the COVID-19 conditions, which made life for asylum seekers and refugees in Ireland even more difficult than they were already. A graduate of Trinity College Dublin, where she studied biomedical science, she moved into the world of tech startups, working alongside the likes of Patreon and Deliveroo. With a passion to activate and educate and to see the world be a more fair place, she responded immediately when she discovered that asylum seekers were not being allowed to leave direct provision centres during lockdown, and thus began an amazing journey. Although this podcast was recorded late in 2020, Let's Help Direct Provision has since raised over €60,000 and has also delivered over €150,000 worth of donations to direct provision centres. And the work goes on. Sit back and be inspired by the amazing human that is Louisa May Hamrahan. Louisa May, thank you so much for coming on the Good Summer podcast. You were... A star in the in the in the Good Summit this year on a panel that you took part in on deck provision. And as soon as uh, I was listening, I was like, no, 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 wait, if we start a podcast, we've got to get on Louisa May. <laughs> so you're very welcome. Good to meet you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> over the over the miles. It was miles, such an honor to speak at the Good Summit. I, I'm a Trinity alumni, so I was just yeah. like, I was delighted to be asked back to speak at something at my old university, <laughs> digitally at my old university. <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you what, whenever we're allowed to get you back to the university, we'll do that next year. Oh, please and we'll have, do, have yeah. In real life. I'd love um, to just walk in through those gates again and head to like a classroom. And just <laughs> doesn't, doesn't it do something to you though? Yeah. Like yeah. I've been there for 13 years now and walking through that front arch yeah, yeah it, it's just and the cobblestones and like a messy bun and a satchel just <laughs> Alice Sally Rooney <laughs> ab- ab- absolutely yeah. yeah oh my my goodness she hasn't said yes to the podcast just yet but, yeah, I, was, <laughs> but I, was, I was in a debating society with her Okay, well, listen, whenever this recording is done, Louisa May, you can give me her number and and I'll ask again because she's not answering my email. We used to be friends on Facebook, but I'm not sure if we are. Like, I didn't really know her that Just so, yeah, so so here, listen. Anyway, um, Louise, Louisa, Louisa May, Miss Hanrahan. What you know? What what can I call you just this morning? <laughs> yeah, like uh, yeah, Louisa May is what I mostly go by, or some people call me May. Okay, so, yeah, I think I'll stick with Miss Hanrahan. Actually, Miss Hanrahan. Yeah, <laughs> some people insist, like a rare few, insist on calling me Louisa. A good friend of mine from human nutrition and dietetics. 
which is what I studied in my first year, was just insisted on calling me Louisa. She's like, no, no, you're Louisa. You're Louisa to me. I was like... Well, do you know what? I know that people are just going to be listening to the podcast, but I can actually see you on Zoom as we're talking and I can see your face. So I can promise you I'm never going to say Louisa. <laughs> I know, I just, I never was called, I used to be called May growing up because um, my granny okay. was called May and she passed away just before I was born. And so my parents were trying to push the Louisa May thing. Um, oh, that's lovely. People just kept calling me May. Yeah, no, it is nice. And then I think I real like I'd, somewhere along the times of Facebook and I just had my name as Louisa May because it is my real name. Then everybody yeah. started calling me Louisa May. It just was like took off overnight. So, so speaking of things that took off overnight, <laughs> you have had quite a 2020 uh, you know, it's it's like the year twenty twenty for you seems to have been like momentous. the The whole thing about the Good Summit is trying to discover and find out who's doing what that matters. And more often than not, it's not the famous people. Uh, um, countless others who find something it needs to be done, and they do it. And and you've done that. You just got on with it. <laughs> like can can I take you back around about a year or so whenever COVID was just beginning uh, to to hit and you had a real kind of social entrepreneurial background and passion. Uh, I'd love to know where that came from, by the way. Why you know? I suppose it's never really the first question, but like, why do you care? Really <laughs> underlines all of the questions. But tell it. Can you take us back and tell us a little bit where? Uh, let's well where were the direct provision um passion and connection came from you might need to explain what direct provision is just in ireland to some international yeah i'll, I'll explain what it is yeah just in case some people don't yeah so, please um, um direct provision is basically um it's the accommodation that people are put into when they're seeking asylum in ireland so uh, we've refugees that come into Ireland and they uh, seek asylum here and then um, they're put into a system called direct provision and they're given basically um, housing, a really small stipend of money per week. And depending on each centre, each centre is different. Um, they might be given food or maybe they're allowed to cook their own food. And and that's it in its simplest form. Yeah. Um, but... Where I start, yeah, it's interesting where it started. Um, was yeah, I had a background. I more had a background in startups. I actually um, got that because I was doing a thesis in emerging technologies and emerging health technologies in Trinity. Okay. And um, then and I got did, it. What did you study in our great College of Knowledge? I studied human health and disease. Okay. So, yeah. Wow. yeah. So that's why. Interesting um, it, for these days. Yeah, it is. But I, I mean, I'm fascinated by the topic and I studied it and loved and loved the degree. Um, and then kind of went on, I, I studied emerging technology, like a, I did a thesis in emerging technologies, so this thing called transcranial direct current stimulation, which is very sorry, like... Sorry, it's <laughs> called what? Yeah, it's basically, you know, when you put electrodes on your head and you like pass a current through your head anyway that was my piece I know <laughs> at the time I was like I was given it by like a, a raffle kind of thing I, I didn't choose it and I was like what is this and I was like I'm so grateful for that thesis to this day oh it was fascinating 
So, did you, I, I listen, so did you have to sit with electrodes on your head or did you put electrodes? I had to get 15 guys to sit with electrodes on their head. Wow. <laughs> yeah, 15 guys, because um, we were tasting it, how it affected heat pain, whether um, it thresholds, basically. <laughs> Like, oh, Sorry, <laughs> you got 15 guys to be caused pain So yeah. you could wow. I think maybe that showed my wow. beginning skills At getting <laughs> people together <laughs> So I just, I found those 15 people in two minutes Do you know <laughs> <what I'm thinking? laughs> No wonder it was so much fun for you <laughs> To electrocute them, yeah, every week Oh my word <laughs> For my thesis, yeah <laughs> And it worked. It yes, the heat pain threshold. So it's it, like um, it did change their response to pain when you get like heat. I had to not only electrocute them, I had to burn them. Like I had to put a heat anode on them. <laughs> Go to- so sorry. Um, the warmer you are, the more. No, so basically it's like, you know, the way if you get burnt, like some people, find, you know, like some people find like hot water, like some people can tolerate colder water than other people. I don't know whether you can see. I'm showing you my wrist. Oh my I burned yeah. myself with hot water just one week ago. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where we put so we had this thing called an anode and would heat up. And when it got too hot, they had to click a button. And um, so yeah. I put the, the device on and what would happen is they'd click the button later so they could actually, talk, they weren't as sensitive to the pain from the heat. Wow, And that's important for people who get chronic pain. You know, like there's some people who have pain for no reason at all. Like they may have really sore pain then from a previous an accident or something, but there's nothing actually wrong with them. It's just that actually their nerves are like in a heightened state. So that could basically, if you can modify your re- reception to pain, it could help maybe modify people in chronic pain's reception to pain. That is so fascinating. There you go. <laughs> uh, you know what? And here's me coming to talk to you about some of the amazing work that you've done with getting getting people to volunteer and care about people in direct provision. But oh my goodness, you put electrodes and cause people pain. Uh, yeah, I know. That's how it all got. But yeah. anyway. Anyway, sorry, sorry. You did all of that at Trinity. Yeah. And, and so that, yeah, and then, then you went into kind of startup and so forth. Yeah. So I worked for the Web Summit. Um, okay. On their startup team. And they actually have the Web Summit's mm-hmm. on right now. Um they have like a, the Web Summit Live, but I worked for them and then I worked, I launched, if you know, Deliveroo in Ireland um, and then I worked for Patreon in the early days, if you know what that is, mm-hmm. right, over in San Francisco. And then I came back, um, I actually had an injury and I had to go through a lot of physio and I so I started my own kind of, I learned a lot about growing companies at that point so I couldn't work full time so I started working just to my own hours doing growth for startups like just growing early stage companies or giving them strategies I would might do it for free if they're you know an early stage or later stage ones I'd I'd have like a contract going where I just do their growth like whether it's getting them sales or setting up their own Instagram or something like that so I just I was about to move to Canada well, I was going to Canada to visit my brother and then I was starting a new contract with growing another company. But then I obviously <laughs> used my health science degree and I looked into the COVID situation going on, on around the world. And um, I was like, oh, I'm not, Canada is not going to happen. I was like, the, the virus is approaching. So basically I was like, I canceled my flight. And I kind of, you know, when you're like, wait, now I have nothing on my schedule. So 
I yeah. was like, fuck, I, I think I was, I'd looked, I understood a lot about viruses because of my degree. Yeah. So I was like, right, I want to do something to help. And I set up an Instagram you, page. You were on that. You were on this um, life changing. Getting on a plane, you might not come back. Yeah, that kind you of vibe. Was just like, yeah, no, that's not happening. Yes, okay. and it, yeah, and I think it was because I'd spent a long time trying to get better from the injury, and then I just kind of made the big leap. And I was like, I need to do something, you know, that way. I yeah. was like, and so I understood a lot about viruses, and I just saw a friend had tweeted saying we'll need volunteers. And I was like, I know how to get people together. And that's literally how it all began. I'd like set up a pay. I think because I was a bit ahead of people realizing we were going to go into lockdown. And so I set up a page called, I, I, I initially was like, I saw on Twitter and then I was like, Twitter, I don't know if that would work there and Facebook. And then I went to Instagram and I was like, everyone's on Instagram. So I set up an Instagram called Coronavirus Volunteers Dublin. Because it was like basically a good way to like let people know what something is. It's just to name it exactly what it is. And so, um, and it, it took off. So I think also it's just like, yeah, it's just like, oh, we need to like get people together. There's going to be all sorts of things going wrong. You know, people might not be able to access food if they have to associate, if they have to isolate themselves. And then there's like hospitals might not have enough stuff for people. You know, you know, the way, I didn't really think it through, but so the page Which, took off pretty was, quickly. Was this as the first kind of lock? Down was happening, or are you yeah. saw it coming? Was it just before? Yeah, it was just before us, wow. yeah. Okay. And so then, but what happened? I didn't realize what happened on Instagram is you know, I put up a post being like, you know, the pandemic is gonna XYZ is gonna happen in the pandemic, we're gonna need volunteers and da da da. And so that got shared then to loads of people's stories. So it actually even helped create awareness too for what was about to happen, yeah. And um, so then basically anyone who followed me the idea was the followers were like volunteers and they'd I'd have requests for help sent in so um people would like request like there is one hospital that was like you know we're really bored the patients need like games or whatever and I put that up and people dropped games to that hospital and then there's another one that was like if anyone could send us food or something like that and I put it up on the page and like Tang if you know that restaurant they sent a load of apples and apple yeah, wow. pods were wow. sent and there was also GoFundMe's that were kind of doing well off my page too um, like we shared like the Feed the Heroes thing and different stuff like that and, um, and then at one point you see, I've, I've been looking into direct provision as well, like from a kind of, I, I had a friend that went through it uh, that I'd, I'd met in the previous year. And I'd kind of begun to start to be like, what is this all about? You know, and I've been looking it up online and I could see on Twitter that they'd get their, you know, knowing knowing what I knew about viruses, I was like, that is going to be like, they're going to be hit really badly because it's a load of people in close quarters and there's no way for them to socially isolate. I was like, so if one person in the centre gets it, you know, everyone's going to get it. So I had someone who actually wrote into the page from Direct Provision, an asylum seeker saying, hey, uh, we need hygiene products, bleach. We've nothing to slow down the spread of the virus in our center. Um, and I, yeah, I, I was like, we were in the two kilometer lockdown phase at that point. So I felt like it was a big center. It's Clondalkin Terrace so and there's 300 people. So I was going to post it to, I was going to post like I posted to the group to the page but what could really people do people weren't allowed outside of 2k to get yeah. enough stuff for 300 people so and um and a few people messaged me and I was like 
Hmm? Like just before you go into the Clondalkin Towers bit, like, uh, so am I? I'm right in hearing that basically, um, at a time that was a little bit of a crisis looming, people didn't know what to do. You actually just gave people a, a positive action, and they jumped on it, and people really wanted to help. Yeah, it's funny because you, yeah, the good summit is kind of in lines of the thoughts I was having because it was it was called coronavirus for you. Coronavirus Volunteers Dublin, but in the name thing, I think I had Let's Help Our Communities. Wow. Okay. So I pushed the like starting the WhatsApp group with your community and um, checking in on your neighbours. And oh, I had a template of like a thing you could print out to put into your neighbours. Wow. Yeah, uh, thing like, hello, my name is so-and-so. I, if you need anything, here's my number. Um, that is fabulous. And people, like your experience is that far from people retreating into themselves in a time of crisis, um, you put something up there that needed people to help and they wanted to. Yeah, it was mad. Like I kind of, I didn't really think, but you know that you don't, sometimes you don't even know what you're doing at the time. It was just kind of, I kind of learned what it was as I, as I went, you know, like it was, it was more like, the idea first was like, oh, if I had volunteers that could get like babysitters or doctors, I don't know, something like that. And then as I saw what was happening and things were getting shared, I'm like, oh, this could be like, this raises awareness really well. And then, oh, people are prepared to like go to, you know, like it was the ideas, you know, those Facebook groups where people put yeah, in the Facebook yeah. group. So it was, it was basically a Facebook group, but on Instagram, but I didn't realize Instagram had different properties where, you know, people would share it to their stories and make, you know, that it had a bigger power and like amplifying the voice of something. So like one of my posts, even though I had like 500 followers, it'd say it got into like a, a thousand people's stories. So, you know, that you're like, whoa, that's actually like, there's a that huge. That is brilliant, Louisa May. That's really cool. It has more impact than I realized it would have, basically. And so, that, so then uh, someone living in direct provision got in contact with you and said, we, do, we, 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 we can't even get out because one of the things about direct provision <laughs> is that people are really just kept in place. It, it can be shocking. Yeah, I think in some of the centres, each centre is different. And yeah, some of them, they weren't allowed to leave their rooms or they're too scared to leave their rooms. Like think of how scared we were, we all were at the beginning of the pandemic. And a lot less was known about the virus and how to treat us and what to expect. And so, you know, and they knew if they, the second they leave their room, like if one person, you know, they could get it. So like like yeah. some of those yeah. places don't have, they have communal eating areas. Like they don't have their own way to eat and they're not allowed to eat in their own rooms. So, and you know, these people are expectant mothers, um, like there's people in their elder years, you know, a mom, like a mom looking after, a single mom looking after her children. Um, and, you know, that's like to, to have some virus that could come in and leave your children on their own or something like that is obviously quite mm-hmm. terrifying. Mm-hmm. So, so I interrupted your story. What what happened then when, when oh, yeah. the uh, the Clondalkin Towers got? Yeah, so that's how the that's how Let's Help Direct Vision started. So I basically then was like, okay, well, I didn't feel like it was safe to do a collection point for hygiene products because I didn't want anyone, you know, we're keeping contact at a minimum and that can help spread the virus. So I put up a GoFundMe and was like, I'll go source the soap. It, and okay. it, you know maybe the followers will donate and we were, I raised about a thousand euros that day and I went and it was actually the hardest thing to find in the world soap at that time I rang up wholesalers like Musgraves oh, put aside yeah. soap and it was sold by the time that I got there oh, so like, 
Yeah. But anyway, I found I found bulk soak at Selco in Wicklow. I drove out to like Wicklow, picked up um, two different, I had to go to two different places. I forget the other name. But, um, and then I drove to Clondalkin Towers um, and dropped off the soap and everything. And then, you know, they sent me photos of them distributing and all, I, I soap and bleach. And then Kind Bars actually donated at bars as well. Um, and then... I had about 400 euros left on the GoFundMe. So I was like, well, I'll do another centre. And so I kind of rang around. I got it. The thing about doing drops to centres is, you know, you are dealing with vulnerable people, but and you also have to make sure it's distributed properly. So you have to get like a good connection in the centre. And also some managers don't want to deal with donations. They don't want anything to do with it. So they won't actually help. So you actually have to find a willing asylum seeker who's willing to like, distribute it fairly and whatever into the center. So it's, it's hard to like find the right connections. And I was like, God, I was finding that's what I was like, God, it's so weird that there's no actual system I can go into to give people products that they will give directly to direct people in direct provision. Like there's other ones that give directly to the homeless, like, you know, St. Vincent de Paul. And there's, you know, a lot of different collections for homeless or for, um, women's shelters and stuff like that. But there is no no direct way to get products into direct provision. Now there's other uh, organizations helping direct provision, but their focuses were different. Some were focused on um, cooking for direct provision. Others were focused on changing the structure. So I was just randomly discovering that there was something that wasn't actually being done at the same time. As, so basically I went to second center and as people, well, I was putting this all on my Instagram because I didn't, we, I bet 2000 followers then and people were watching. So they kept donating. So, and then the, the, as the right, as the rules started guess, getting less and less, um, what I started doing is people would go and buy, it was really hard to get soap. So people would start, would start to go to Little and buy soap for me because it was hard to get enough. You, I couldn't walk into Little and buy like the entire shop's worth of soap. We actually, were, if you remember, we weren't allowed to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, we had like limitations. So people following me then were going to Little or somewhere for me and buying hygiene products and then I drive around Dublin picking them up oh and I'd be all putting this on my Instagram and then so people were watching and then they'd donate more money so it's just kind of like starting to like I was like oh I started, so it was two centers it was five centers it was six centers and then I decided to make it a thing I was like you know I was like I wanted to make this official and like something that I was like this is something I can do you know, and like I'm focus on and do really well, um, so that they're continuously getting donations. It's not just sporadic thing, a sporadic donation here and there. Cause I started to realize going, as I was talking to people in direct provision, getting to know the people better, you know, they were like, Oh, do you have any baby products? Do you have any baby clothes? We have yeah. winter coming up, we have school coming up. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And like, there's so many people in Ireland who are prepared to give. So I was like, I was finding, I was like, this is just something I should do properly. And um, so I started researching um, just everything to do with what happens if a GoFundMe will take off and uh, and how to do this whole, how to do it properly, essentially. Yeah. And then um, and it's a whole other long story on how it took off then. <laughs> yeah. So you you had your startup background and, yeah. you know, you it's almost like you had a collision of worlds. In some yeah, way. <laughs> it was like because I used a lot of the stuff I'd learned because I worked for Techstars as well, which is a big startup accelerator where you help them discover their business models and their product market fit. And so a lot of the things I was like, oh, this is actually a, like it was, I was using a lot of the stuff that I learned from from helping startups or 
then I, I used it to kind of turn this into a thing. So what so what I just heard, Louisa May, is like you found yourself in a situation on a circumstance yeah. where there was a real obvious need. And what what you did was follow oh, this sounds like a really cheesy kind of say, but but you followed your heart. You saw you saw that there was a oh need and you said, you know what, you followed your gut. Yeah. Did, your, your yeah. gut said, you know what? I need to do something. I can do something. And then what happened was the other bits of your life that had given you tools and skills that you've picked up, it all just sort of melded. Yeah. Yeah, because one of the things is to use your gut. And like, it's funny, like, what you like, use your gut. And then another thing is like, if you enjoy it, like, I really love going to the drops and do it, like, actually the physical, like, every, every day in work, I actually enjoy doing the work. And I was like, so it's a really good sign for that as well, because you're more likely to like, do it better if you enjoy it, which is something you learn if you're startups. Go on, go on. on. Tell us more about that. Actual connecting with stuff that gives you joy or, you know, it's, it's good in your gut. How important is that? Um, I I think it, it, like, I I suppose there's probably an intelligence that your gut has that, um, um, that, that, you know, we've maybe denied in the past, I suppose. Uh, we've not not always listened to our guts I suppose I, I find that yeah it's probably so it, I think it's like your awareness picking up on things that maybe that it's just it's a different sense or whatever like your gut so um listen I'm I'm, I'm going to say something which can, could be completely wrong but I think uh I think that there are similar kind of receptors, brain, actual brain receptors in your gut. Maybe this is part of mm. uh, your studies. Of theirs, they actually do say that, yeah. yeah. It's like we don't just think with our head, but actually yeah. we have brain receptors in, in our gut. And, and whenever I think of it, it's like, oh, hang on, of course we do. We eat something bad and and what happens in our stomach tells our brain. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's we, a good point. We actually have, the, but they're... But in a similar way, and, ter- and certainly in ancient Hebrew, in ancient Hebrew language, the, what one of the words for heart is actually literally guts. You know, so that kind of deepest part of yourself where you, where yeah. you feel uh, and you can know things, especially in that sort of heart way, the, the things that really connect with you in the deepest places. And uh, you know that 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 lab, I think, or lab, if I remember correctly, but you know that that word is about what you know in your deepest self. And yeah, you, you're talking about that here. You're talking about you're able to do something, and it just felt important and good and right. Yeah, it just was like felt like that's just what I'm doing. You know that way you're like this is just what it's what I'm going to do and it's going to work. You know, I I went to, like because I went to the centres and I was like I'm going to go raise you guys more money. You know that kind of way, and you're like wow. I don't know, okay. just kind of made sense. But I did have like I worked at like um, during the injury, I went to like a life coach to help me like get that going. And one of her big oh. things is she'd be like I'd be like telling her something that went wrong or whatever, and she'd be like What did your gut tell you like before it? And I was like Oh, tell me not to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like so she really worked on me with the whole gut thing so I do kind of like see how it helps like you're kind of like it helped me in this scenario anyway and um, oh, fantastic yeah so 
can I bring you forward? Where where are you now? And actually, we're recording this at the end of 2020, but this will not go out until like 2021. So in terms of where are you now, you could be in a very different place in a couple of months. I know things are changing fast for me in 2020. So, 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 you know, has this become full-time work? Are you doing this on top of work? Or you're obviously not in Canada. Well, actually, no, you no, might. No, I'm not in Canada. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> so what's life looking like for Louise? as a result of the year that it has been for you? Yeah, so I did. I had another, like the cool thing about my like growth uh, marketing thing is I can kind of take on contracts here and there. So like a month ago, I did a couple of months, I did a couple of weeks for another startup and I'll do strategy here and there. But I think most then I kind of after doing that um, was like, I want to focus on this full time. Because I just f- could feel it taking away. Like it's, I'm still building the community, and I'm yeah. still like the way our dro- let's say the way our drops are being run this Christmas. Oh, it's just so much more organized and beautiful and seamless than it was in August. So I just feel like it's an important thing that we've built, and I want to make sure it keeps. I think a promise I made to myself was like that: this is what I'm going to do, and I'm going to keep going with doing the drops. So that's in my head is like, you know, I don't want it to disappear in like two months. I want the drops to be a continuous thing, and I. The only time like I'd ever, like, I just feel like I'm setting it up to be like a sustainable thing. And um, so that let's say what like, one of my goals is that when someone comes into the country, what can happen is they, you know, they've just fled something and they, maybe they've forgotten their suitcases because they're so stressed or they, you know, have a young child and they don't have a buggy and whatever. So one of my things is that when they come in, there's donations like ready to go. And so I just have a few goals and like sent, and then to like have centers having automatic stuff sent to them. Like there's businesses out there that are more than happy to give me donations for free. Like Spotlight gave me over a hundred thousand euro worth of toothpaste that we distributed. So like, I just know that we'll be able to set up continuous drops that don't even involve me Do you know they involve just the company doing it and stuff, so. This podcast is proudly supported by the amazing folks at Thought Collective, a team of designers and developers who create brands and digital products to captivate the crowd and communicate effectively. They make the Good Summit look great. Check them out at www.thoughtcollective.com. Do you have any help? Have, have you, you know, you're obviously building up an incredible community of volunteers, and you're really, you know, you're you're in, you're connecting with people who care and want to do something. But but that can be multitudes of smallness. But do you have anybody else like kind of around you to help? Yeah, and and pull things together. Yeah, so that's like what I'm getting better at is, is kind of building the, the let's help team. So I have this amazing girl, Naomi, she's so organized. So she like, uh, she's, you know, one of those people, they've probably never lost a sock. And um, (laughs) (laughs) just very important. love hanging out with me. Yeah. I'd really make her her life really interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like, cause we can't, like, we can't lose a receipt. So we need just somebody extraordinary organized. She was a big part in organizing our Christmas campaign. So what we're doing for Christmas is we're bringing vouchers and Christmas presents to centers. And we had schools collect for us. And then I have this amazing volunteer, Helen, who we used to work in doing the doing donations in Greece, in Lesbos, Greece. So she helped Mm -hmm. refugees Mm -hmm. get donations in Lesbos, Greece. So she's helping. We have a storage unit now. So basically we kind of like have like a, a stock 
and we have the storage unit and Helen categorizes all the stuff in the storage units. And now like I have a volunteer coming actually tomorrow and they're picking up the stuff and driving it to Tipperary to wow. a center there to bring them winter clothes. And like those winter clothes were, was provided by Nine Crows. They donated like boxes of winter clothes to us. So Nine Crows is like a vintage shop in town, if you don't know. Yeah. But, um, and then we also like in January, let's say we're going to have a collection for stuff for young mothers. So um, with them, they need like a lot of Aptamil, which is baby food. Um, some centers need nappies, some don't. Some need baby wipes. Some uh, aren't even allowed to use baby wipes in their center, which is mad. But um, so we'll have a collection point for that. And so we, I have, I have like other volunteers as well, writing a blog for me too. So I have, uh, and then I had someone who built us a website as a volunteer. So there's a whole little network of it. You can actually sign up on our website to volunteer, but I'm getting better at utilizing the volunteers. So it's definitely at the beginning. What is the website? What is the website address for people who want to check it out? Yeah, it's letshelpdirectprovision.com. So letshelpdirectprovision.com and our Instagram is at letshelpdirectprovision.com as well. And then we have DP Drops. If you want to see, like, there's loads of at DP drops on Instagram. That's where we put a lot of our, our pictures from all the drops that go on. But you can get that all through my website and the, and the Instagram at Let's Help Direct Vision. This is an incredible, like, you're giving us an incredible story of 2020. <laughs> of, you know, this world that has changed. Um, and I, I still don't think that we know what the world is going to change to. But yeah. as we hear examples uh of people like you doing what you have done with 2020 i'm like yeah i i can see how things don't yeah. have to go bad <laughs> yeah because the things because with everybody online it gave this unique opportunity to raise awareness for direct provision do you know there was just everyone was online people were like really engaged with wanting to help with things and then, you know, people knew about direct provision, but not everybody, like not every, actually a lot, not that, not that many that they discovered, like a lot, so many people have wrote in being like, I had no idea. Like they'd heard about it, but they didn't understand it. And so get like even bring, doing the drops, people seeing that visually, like got it into people's heads better and stuff. So it was just this unique moment in time where we were able to just raise so much, like so much awareness and, you know, we were not the only people doing it. Like I, I feel like the, there's other like abolish DP and um, there's other other sites out there that we're raising awareness to. But it's cool to the difference it's made. Do you have? Because it sounds like a really a really smart uh, kind of business idea in the sense of it's just direct provision. Now, do you have plans to broaden out to other marginalised? people and mm. our groups in Ireland or beyond or is like no we, we've actually we found our thing yeah it's- I think it's funny because I do have that like I'm like oh well, we can do it like I think I, at some point I gave some of our donations to a nursing home that needed shampoo and all that and like that's the thing like you, I think when you want to help the temptation is to try and help everybody but as like I'm way more effective if I start on a, on a certain area and then do that well and, and build in over time when it makes sense. But I mm. think the thing that is good about us is that before, I suppose, if you wanted to help the direct vision cause, there was no real way to guarantee if you were donating your items <clears throat> or donating your money towards like whatever that would go, go to direct provision. They were kind of getting, they were getting some stuff, but it was kind of like a last thought, you know? So I think what's cool about it being direct provision is that people know when they donate to us, it's going to asylum seekers. So if that's 
what you want to, the area you want to help in. Because, you know, there's so many areas people want to help in. Like some yeah, people help the DRCC and other people help with homelessness. And then there's yeah. other people who are more engaged with refugees and asylum seekers, like Helen, who volunteers from us. You know, she was volunteering over in Greece. And so she came back and wanted to help in that area here. So I think what's good is we provide a way for people to help specifically direct provision so i'd say we're probably just going to improve helping direct provision like we've actually partnered with a company now we're getting laptops we're getting over ten thousand euro worth of laptops from them for direct provision yeah so i think i'm like actually getting better and getting partnerships with companies to improve our donations and then maybe when we're ready like i I just feel like i was like i I made just made that promise to do donations like really really well (laughs) so do you know what i mean so and i think because i know how to get partnerships with companies and stuff that's what i'm good at so i think we'll focus on getting really good at that and then maybe build in like some events or something for people in direct vision when that's allowed or maybe yeah go to another country and do donations over there too um but it is it was just me starting this so it is a lot of work to do like i say like i've been like a blur running around trying to get it all done yeah and it's and it's incredible and you're incredible for doing it and getting the story out there to allow other people to be incredible to find their thing it's actually yeah. with Dave Linton, the founder of Madlog. I don't know whether you've, you've come across Dave, but Dave started a company in Belfast because he, he, had, he had an interest and a connection with fostering and adoption. He went to a seminar and he heard um, that there was children who were moving from foster home to foster home with their belongings in black bin bags. Wow. And that story broke his, his heart. Yeah. And he said, you know, after, okay, actually I can do something about this so he started this buy a bag give a bag so mad log every time you buy a bag a child a a child in care will go uh will will get a bag um and so he he asks people he says what you know what's your black bin bag story and direct provision is your black bin bag story yeah that's exactly the way I thought of it I looked at there's like there's 6,000 people in direct vision I was like that's manageable I was like I can definitely do something to help there that's what I just genuinely felt I was like yeah I could help those people um but obviously like I didn't realize so many people would want to help as well that was the the discovery too that must be good for your soul (laughs) no like it's like to kind of to, to find that something that matters to you and clicks with your desire to, to make a positive difference and do something. You know, I love that you said, you know what, 6,000 people in direct provision in Ireland. Yeah, I can do something about that. It must be lovely then to have other people go, yep, and we're going to help. Oh, it, like that was the one, like I kind of like I knew people were helping, like, but I just didn't realize the scale that like, cause now there's other, other pages that have set up that are focusing on doing donations too. And like then, um, cause I like, got at the time I was the only one and now like, and then there's even people. So that's why I set up DP drops cause people wanted to set up their own pages. So I just put up DP drops. Um, and so we have people in Limerick who are doing donations all the time now. Um, like they had Christmas collections and everything. And, um, like hopefully when, you know, over time, maybe we'll all merge and we'll become a whole thing. But like, mm. um, but um, just to keep the speed on things, it just was like, you do your thing, but they're doing such a good job. And there's a girl down in Wexford. Actually, even the Wexford girl now, we're helping with her centers for the Christmas and stuff. So um, it's, yeah, it's mad, like the amount of people who like, because we raised 3,000 people donated. We raised 40,000 in two days. Wow. You know, I, I just I just wanted to ask, do you know 
but obviously if there's a lot of material donations mm. uh, and you, I, I don't know how you monetize, you know, pe- people putting in a box of T-shirts or a box of soap, but do you oh, yeah. have an idea, you know, bearing in mind that uh, a year ago, um, this doesn't exist, you know, what, what yeah. you were doing didn't exist. How, do you know how much has been raised? Do you have managed to raise and donate over the year? Well, we've, we've donated products worth over 150,000 in the past, like wow, five months. Wow. And it's probably more than that. That's just like, because we didn't actually in the beginning value everything we were putting out. Yeah. So now we do every, everything goes out that gets valued, but it's probably actually more than that. But, um, which is wild. <laughs> You're like, whoa, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> and now with the laptops, that's an extra 10,000. And then we have Christmas. So it'll be up to 200,000. You're, you're coming up to a couple of hundred <laughs> thousand of. Yeah. Donations. In my head, I'm like half a million worth of donations distributed. Wow. <laughs> that's yeah. Right. yeah. Like that's, that's incredible. Um, yeah. if it's not too difficult to question, um, what have you learned about the world and about people in 2020? Um, uh, about, yeah, I've definitely learned Irish people. Like this is something I keep thinking. So I'm like, just every day, I'm like Irish people just love helping like charity. Like, do you know, they love, it's said that we're the highest givers per capita to charity. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, mm-hmm. I, now I can see it. Like there's people who literally wrote into me to offer to build me like a website. Do you know, like, and, oh and, God. Like I just had a, I put a, I have an email list that I send out to and they just cut and turn up and drop stuff to a center, or give me baby clothes for a new mom. There's one girl who just goes and buys stuff for me. We give her the money from the GoFundMe and she drops it off to a mom, you know, drops off like the products to a mom. So I've definitely learned that. Like, um, yeah, the, the things, things that people are willing to, the, the extremes people are willing to go to, to help. Like I actually... It was, it was madness that like how much people really wanted to help people in deprivation do you know uh, no it's it's glorious you know, yeah. it's, it's like if if people are given the, the opportunity and given a means then people want to help and, yeah and, you know listening yeah that's actually what I learned yeah sometimes if you're talking about a problem giving people a way to help is just like, because I think that's what I started to do without like realizing. And I was like, this is what's wrong. Here's a way to help. And like, that is like kind of what people want. I feel the press is so negative these days and there's so much, you know, this is going on and this like, you know, Trump and whatever. And um, I think then, and here's how you can help with that. It's like (laughs) what people actually wanted. (laughs) It's amazing. So tell me about 2021. What are the plans that Louisa May has for 2021? Um, um, yeah, so I just think keeping making this better. So if anyone's listening and they want to like donate, like I want, like I want to find ways for um, companies to to give like a donation, like a monetary donations to us to keep us going. But at the moment, we're surviving off um, donations from our community. So if anyone wants to donate out there, <laughs> that that would be great. Um, but on our website, yeah. <laughs> Literally yeah, give us the website address again. Yeah, let's help directprovision.com. So I want to keep this thing going and I have loads of ideas of different things that could be interesting. Like we've, we have a blog where people are 
able to now learn about direct provision from, we set up a six week kind of training program around direct provision. So wow. kind of the email is to get these emails every week telling you about different, because it's really hard to understand what it's actually like in those centres, you know, because it's just so something that a lot of people Irish haven't people grew, grown up with. So it's so hard to imagine a reality outside of your own, especially just down the road from you. So yeah. we kind of like go through different aspects of it. Um, so I'm building out the awareness element of what we're doing, of like creating awareness for, and we might do stuff creating awareness for what it's like for refugees outside of Ireland as well. Um, and yeah, basically 2021 will be focusing on building out so the building out our structures around donations so that we can take on more physical. We actually have to refuse physical donations because um, we're still trying to like distribute. Do you know, we, we have so many people offering us stuff. So I want to be able to take in more stuff because it, it has a place to go. It just takes time to distribute everything. So we're much faster distributing things now than we were four months ago. So I'll probably just be working on that. And um yeah, we have masks as well that we sell. There's Let's Help masks. So I kind of want to get a few of them in the shops. And, <laughs> and I'd love to do an event if it's ever allowed. I'd like to meet the people that are actually involved. It's so weird that I've been involved with this whole thing since March. And like I sometimes I've met volunteers behind masks. And like we we are now each of us going to the storage unit by ourselves. So my volunteer goes in on her own just to keep it safe with COVID. Um, so I'd love to just get everyone together at some point. Oh, Louise and I. <laughs> Now you're sparking all of those things in my gut going, oh, here, listen, do you know what's going you know, yeah. you know, we're doing a good summit again in October 2021. We're, we're looking to connect with more people in bigger and better ways. Mm. You know, we, we went, you know, our story has been from 200 people a few years ago to connecting with 400 people. And then this last time that we went online, we've connected, uh, we reckon, with close to three and a half thousand people. And uh, and so, we, you know, we've taken a step up. And so next year we're saying, well, how can we keep connections coming? So maybe part of the Good Summit in October 2021 is working with you to do. Yeah, that would be class. With people in direct provision and, and, you know, have something that is meaningful and awareness bringing and educational for, for all of us. Yeah, that would be class. Really cool part. Do you know, you've actually already done good for us. Um, I don't know if you know this, but I was just on a call before this call with the Trinity Research and Innovation team. They watched the good simos and they are fundraising for us for vouchers for direct provision centers this Christmas. So That's phenomenal. Yeah, they're helping Love us. Love hearing those stories. Yeah, yeah. So that's thanks to thanks to you guys. That wouldn't happen well, otherwise. Well, well, you have you have you have uh, grown my awareness. <laughs> you know, so like this, this is the spiraling of of goodness, and yeah. you know, there's the spiraling of of connecting people who are just trying to, to my in my opinion, like make a positive difference in the world. And I think it grows. I think goodness grows. Um, yeah, I just didn't realize the other. So that's why I called it Let's Help. Because I was like, the whole time I was like, I've always loved helping people. And like, you know, I've been trying to find my thing since university and I'm 29 now, so it's been a while. But um, since I've been in university. But oh, it's I was just like, yesterday. But I literally was like, oh, I've always loved helping people. I was like, this is actually, you know. It's so nice to have a community of people that also enjoys to help with people too. Completely right. So listen, you're part of the Good Summit family now. So I'm, <laughs> going, to, I'm going to look forward to connecting really soon and seeing what could be possible uh, in terms of yeah. getting direct provision issues and direct provision people uh, directly involved in Good Summit next year. Yeah. Louisa May, 
thank you so so much for all that you're doing and please don't stop and thank you for this conversation and uh, we'll catch you at the good summit in october 2021 yeah thanks so much it's great chatting to you this has been the good summit podcast brought to you in conjunction with forfi it was produced by lee mcmahon with Eva mcnulty for the good summit music was provided by the fabulous ian archer Stay connected with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Good Summit and find out all you need to know on www.thegoodsummit.com and come back and join us again next time. Till then, go forth, do some good. Peace to you and to the world. world.